0: If you're a Sriracha hot sauce fan, the last few years have been tough. It's been nearly impossible to find until the last few months. Was it just another COVID supply chain casualty
1: or something much deeper? Although you may not know his name, you've probably seen the character he plays on your screen a lot this year. We examined the benefit and the cost of becoming Jake from State Farm.
0: Soon, we'll celebrate something that only happens every four years. And no, not a presidential election. It's Leap Day. But why do we add an extra day every four years again? All of that on this edition of Commute. Let's get it. Jay, there were two ways that I could have uh, started this segment. One, by asking you if you like sauces. I'm not going to do that. First of all, that's kind of boring. Second of all, I know that you, like me, love ranch, and we uh, we both get really antsy when we're trying to eat our french fries at a restaurant, you know, like where they're piping hot, and uh, the waiter or waitress has forgotten our requested extra ranch. Can I get an amen? It's one of the
1: worst possible feelings that a human can feel, <laughs> is whenever oh, you is. see them across really the restaurant is. and you know they've forgotten and they're just so busy and you can't get a hold of them. It goes
0: like tax return and you find out you have to pay. And then when you can't get your ranch, like that's, that's really, it's, it's painful. We've obviously so inst-
1: led very charmed lives. <laughs> Those are like the worst things that have ever happened to us.
0: But, but instead, Jay, I want to know if you've ever been so upset with someone who you considered a close friend that you ended the friendship or vice versa, and, and please tell me that you have. And it was with your childhood best friend Benjamin Swan, who I believe you hit in the face with a football, if memory serves correct,
1: and uh, and he was done <laughs> at that point. Well that was that story was told about two years ago on this podcast. And uh yes, but it was an accident. Okay, I was throwing a football with him and he didn't catch it, so it was not my fault. And
0: Ben, if you listen, man, he's sorry. If you listen, man, he is still sorry.
1: <laughs> I don't have anything to be sorry about. This is why it ended. This argument right here. He's
0: not. There we go. Oh,
1: okay. He's not sorry. Um, I, I feel like you and I have almost come to blows over board games before and I can think of two very specific times. One where yeah. you were angry at me and one where I was angry at you. And the one that I remember where you were angry at me was whenever we were playing Monopoly. And I believe both of our wives were there. Like I just had a game that I'll never have again. It was the luckiest game I've ever had in my life. If I was in Vegas having this kind of day, I'd be a multimillionaire. And we ran out of money in the bank because I had so much. <laughs> And instead of like just, you know, being a gentleman about it and being like, all right, I guess I win. You guys are done. I went to the back and cut out strips of paper to make more money. To just like <laughs> really rub it in. And I don't think we talked Man, for like two days. You really are the worst. And then the other time where I was angry at you, I'm thinking about a game where we played with several friends called Secret Hitler. And and the the point of Secret Hitler is that you're supposed to kind of like if you are – Hitler in the game, you're supposed to survive the whole time, alright, and so it's a lying game, and you played as Hitler in this particular game, and uh, you just bent the rules, like, way too far. Like, you, uh, you, I think you skipped a turn or something was, I don't even remember exactly what happened, but you, like, skipped a turn and you didn't tell anyone, or something, and no one caught it, and then you celebrated as if you had won. Well,
0: it, in my <laughs> defense with that, okay, uh, the game revolves around
1: lying, and I lied to win. Yeah, but there are rules... So, about when you can lie and when you can't. See, I'm going to get mad again.
0: Is what it is, (laughs) buddy boy. But for me, Jay, this has been an evolution. Like, I've always said that if we were friends once, we're going to be friends forever, unless the other person thinks differently. But sometimes it just doesn't work that way, right? Like, maybe you just get busy with life, and unfortunately you fail to keep up. Maybe one of your friends moves away. Or maybe you become like Craig Underwood and David Tran, and your friendship ends in anger. And that anger affects millions of people. Jay, to understand the fallout of Underwood and Tran and its importance, we go back to July 2020, a.k.a. in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Hui Fong Foods, a company best known for its sriracha hot sauce, you know, the one with the little rooster on it, sent out an email to its customers explaining that its sriracha sauce had become hard to find because of a shortage in the chili peppers required for the recipe. But Jay, it reiterated its problem again in April of 2022. And while as of this recording, you can get it for about 10 to 15 bucks on Amazon, or maybe even at your local grocery store, as recent as October 2023, so not that long ago, it was going for $50 plus per bottle online and was impossible to find. And Jay, Sriracha Sauce from Hui Fong Foods is one of the most popular hot sauces in the world. And it has been since its arrival on the sauce scene. The creation of the sauce is the stuff of business legend. Because you see, until 2016, David Tran's recipe for the sauce had been solely made possible for the previous 28 years by the peppers grown from one farm, the farm of Craig Underwood. And Jay, 28 years, man, that's a long time. Almost three decades. While the two men came from very different worlds, their uber successful relationship had become a very deep friendship. They'd watched their families grow up together, stood by each other during tough times, and even proposed a joint family secession plan at one time for the two family units, which of course, if you've ever seen the show Secession, you know, never works out well. Jay, it was a relationship formed and maintained not by signing contracts, but by shaking hands. And then in November of 2016, it all ended. The two men obviously have different versions of what happened, but this much we know. Hui Fong Foods claimed that it overpaid for the peppers supplied during the 2016 production season, and Underwood Ranches disagreed. We had been investing in the next year's crop and crop beyond, Underwood told CNBC, so we felt that was really our money. But Hui Fong founder David Tran decided to sue us for that. And when he did, we countersued. Tran started working with other farmers to keep up the supply Jay violating an agreement he made with Underwood. In the end, Craig Underwood won a $23 million judgment from a jury that was in Ventura County in his backyard, said CNBC special correspondent Jane Wells, who covered agriculture in California. But he also had to pay David Tran back the $1.5 million that Hui Fong says they overpaid. In the end, Jay, because of the payment disagreement between these longtime friends and business partners, both businesses lost millions, and both men became bitter enemies. Underwood claims Tran plotted to destroy his business. Tran claims the accusations were unfair and untrue, coming to believe in the end that Underwood was trying to steal the entire business for himself. Jay Sriracha, as you know, is a big deal, beloved by so many that it inspired its own sauce category today when you buy sriracha know that it's peppers well they now come from other places that's how it's possible but as for underwood he's reported to be trying to run now his own sriracha sauce dragon sriracha into stores so keep your eyes peeled but a business story jay gone sour and gone very sour quick
1: sriracha really is the best too like that is true it really is better and superior to every other one. You just can't deny it. And
0: in in these kind of situations, obviously, you don't lie to each other,
1: you know, because it's a business deal and you're friends.
0: If you're playing a board game where you're supposed to lie, you do
1: lie to each other. (laughs) Nobody's taking your side on this one. So, Dave, I am going to be discussing a brand representative character. And a lot of people feel a certain way about characters that represent a brand, you know, you think about Flo from progressive, you know, we're going to be talking about Jake from state farm, you know, these types of characters, but there's one that really stands out to me with just like a hatred. And it's because of an experience that I had with them that I can never erase. And that is the insurance company, the general, who I guess will never be sponsoring this (laughs) podcast after I say what I'm about to say. And so this was a long time ago. This was probably 10 plus years ago. I was at a grocery store and my car was parked in the parking lot and was hit by just like a rampaging driver, like just flying through, not paying attention, drove off afterwards. Well, by some just miracle, somebody had jotted down the license plate of this person. And that led me to be able to find out who they were, to which I eventually led to this auto insurance company, the general that insured this person. So I was constantly having to reach out to these people. I was constantly having to talk to these people because it was such a weird case because the guy was in all this like police trouble basically for for what he did. And every time I called the general, it was one of the most frustrating experiences I ever had in my life. And what really just like did me in was if you've seen the commercials for the general, you know, they have this like little character that's their representative, but their main celebrity Uh endorser is Shaquille O'Neal. And he's the guy on the line when you call, so you're on hold for like for what seems like forever. And Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal's there, just like, "Hey, I'm Shaquille O'Neal. Thanks for calling the general." That's a, that's a horrible shag, by the way. But <laughs> I mean, do you, I didn't, does I didn't it prep keep, it? <laughs> does it keep? Does it keep looping? To like, yeah, that would be really funny. Oh yes, hey,
0: somebody be with you in just a minute.
1: Yeah, hey, and somebody, it's be- <laughs> just, you're just and you're enraged already because you never call an auto insurance company when you're in a good mood. So anytime I see the general, it's like. Uh, It's like a Pavlovian response of anger. I
0: tell you what, I like Shaq, though, so I can't. I mean, I'm sorry you went through that. I really am, but I I like him. Well,
1: Dave, we're going to be talking about Jake from State Farm, which is a character that you have most likely seen. And although you do not probably know the name Kevin Miles, you probably do know this character that he plays, an avatar for brand positivity called Jake from State Farm. If you've watched any television over the past couple of years, Miles has most likely appeared on your screen in a State Farm commercial. The Jake account actually has more than a million followers on TikTok. He attends NFL games while his commercials air during breaks, which State Farm spends roughly a billion dollars on annually, by the way. He's been on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and has appeared in commercials with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Drake, Ludacris, Chris Paul, and Jimmy Butler. And everywhere he goes, he gets recognized not as Kevin Miles, but as Jake from State Farm. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Miles compares it to a Black Mirror version of method acting akin to becoming a character that you play whether you like it or not. But the journey to get here started years ago in January of 2020. The idea for the campaign stemmed from a viral 2011 campaign featuring a man named Jake Stone, who's an actual State Farm agent as Jake from State Farm. But the company was looking to shift the character to someone with real acting experience rather than an actual agent. Then COVID-19 hit. So State Farm flew Kevin Miles to Austin, Texas and moved him to a sprawling ranch where he lived in mostly solitude for four to five months filming content for State Farm. When he emerged from isolation, the transformation to household face had begun. In 2021, Miles filmed his first commercial with Patrick Mahomes. Last October, Miles was seen at an NFL game with Donna Kelsey, Travis and Jason's mother, a celebrity in her own right. He landed in that position because Ryan Reynolds' marketing agency Maximum Effort, which specializes in launching campaigns that capitalize on viral moments, had arranged it. But Dave, with fame comes a cost. According to the interview in The Hollywood Reporter, Miles, who is single, maintains that he has a policy for dating. If someone calls him Jake during a date, he's out. I'm like, man, you don't realize you just turned it all off, Miles said. I'm just immediately like, all right, I'm happy to get to know you. But after this, I'm going to go home. I want to find that person that's like a high school sweetheart where you're like, yeah, we're about to go the distance. So, Dave, this journey to this strange position was all but normal. Miles grew up an athlete with dreams of playing professional sports. His family pushed him in the direction of acting. And eventually he attended Chicago's Academy for the Arts and then eventually Webster University's Conservatory of Theater Arts. After graduating, he worked for a time in L.A., appearing in commercials for Five Hour Energy, McDonald's, T-Mobile, Hyundai, Pepsi, and Coors Light, and appeared in shows such as Criminal Minds, SWAT, and iCarly. Miles tested very well for the role of Jake from State Farm, and as the years have gone on, the look of the character has grown with the man. Today, just the character's wardrobe is so large that it is stored in two warehouses in L.A. and includes outfits from Prada, Versace, Supreme, and Lululemon, according to the Hollywood Reporter. And so, as the profile of Miles has grown as a character, he has been inducted into a very select group of people who embody the character in public, such as Stephanie Courtney, who plays Flo for Progressive, or Milana Vintrub, who plays Lily for AT and T, who have. both expressed similar issues balancing the demands of always being in character in a way with the very real desire to have an acting career and a personal life. But past that, Miles has a bigger purpose. When he came on stage to give a speech at State Farm's 100th Anniversary Convention in 2022, he received a massive standing ovation. And this is because, Dave, State Farm agents operate as essentially independent contractors who own their own businesses. And they see a correlation between Jake from State Farm and the growth of their business. The role shifted from being just an actor, Miles says, The agents talked about how much their businesses have grown since I've been there. There's a bigger picture that feels way more important. But the cost of fame, especially in this case, where you are known for more than an idea rather than for who you are, it's complicated. In some way, every interaction between people, in the words of Miles himself, is a transaction. Miles has bigger dreams for acting in movies or shows or on a theater stage, but to get there, there is a shedding in a way that has to happen of a persona that has sort of defined him. Yeah,
0: you know, we've talked about flow before, and we've we've actually talked about just how when you become a character like them, that in public, you have to you know maintain that magic. The one that comes to mind for me, though, is when we talked about mall Santa Claus. So you remember the people who are Santa Claus, like they're Santa Claus all year. So like some of them. Like, they, you know, they want to smoke or, you know, I don't know, drink. They can't. Like, Santa can't rip a vape, you know, out in public because you look like Santa all year. Well,
1: and in this interview, it's it's – we'll link it in the show notes. It's with The Hollywood Reporter that Kevin Miles, he gave this interview to. And the person doing the interview said multiple times they're trying to do this interview. And he kept getting stopped by people. Just like, oh, Jake from State Farm. Let me take a picture with you. So just imagine yeah. what that's like. Like, walking down the street just trying to have a normal day and people know you as Jake from State Farm. They don't even know who you are. <laughs> (laughs) does just be at some point you just snap.
0: Finally, Jay, and uh, this may surprise you to hear. Okay. But
1: I seriously consider you to be a very smart person. (laughs) You're you're teetering on the edge of a backhanded compliment. Like it's like you're right there.
0: Well, like, don't, don't get it twisted. Don't get too excited. I still consider our mutual friend Jared, the neurologist, to be my smartest friend. And there's like a massive drop <laughs> you off You have like after a
1: him. notes in your note app where you've ranked all of your friends yeah, like <laughs> in terms of intelligence. Yeah, way after
0: him. Like I'm saying way, 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 way after him. Okay, so way after Jared. You'd be a good <laughs> But Jay, even as a smart person, there had to be at least one subject in school that you weren't great at.
1: Well, I got exclusively A's all through high school, but there was one class that my final grade on my transcript forever read B, and it's going to surprise you what that class is. It's ninth grade choir, okay? Now, the reason that that happened... (laughs) (laughs) is because, you know, and I was in choir all through high school. I was in the Allstate choir, you know, all that stuff. Like I know how to read music, you know, like I have all the skills for it. We took a final in that class. I guess the choir director just had an axe to grind. Like he wanted to gain respect. You know, he wanted people to know that his class was serious. So he put together this like super hard final. All right. And so I just being a cocky ninth grader, Didn't study at all. I was just like, it's choir, whatever. Like, I can wing this. You know, I've had an A all year. Like, I'd have to get a super low grade to have anything other than an A. So, I went in, didn't know a single thing that they were asking, bombed this final, and ended up with a B as my final grade in choir. How was the
0: final not a singing final?
1: You'd think that that would be the case.
0: (laughs) It should have been like a solo, like... For me, like you, could, you sing. The, yeah, the final has to be singing. You would think it's that. Choir. You would think that. Well, Jay, for me, it's 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, math. And I'm not talking like basic make quick change from a dollar kind of math. I mean, I was the assistant manager at Blockbuster for a reason. Okay, I'm talking like algebra three or trigonometry, like that kind of math, like useless math. Like I think I'm legit incapable of learning it. But today, I will do my best to navigate a little math. Because, Jay, as of this episode's live air date, February 19th, 2024, in 10 days, we'll have the every four-year occurrence of a February 29th on the calendar. So why? Why do we have this strange tradition of an extra day in February every four years? Well, for starters, let's look at a typical calendar. A typical calendar has 365 days to make up a year. Basically, because that's how long it takes the Earth to orbit the sun. The problem, though, is the word basically. It actually takes 365 and sixty-five and one-fourths day to circle the sun, meaning we get off by a quarter day every year. As a human race, we figured this out a long time ago. In 45 BC, your boy Julius Caesar began the practice of adding a day every four years, creating what was called the Julian calendar making up for those extra quarter days. The only problem is it's not actually a full quarter of a day. See, I told you, math. It's actually 2.42 percentages of a day. And Jay, by the time 1582 AD rolled around, that slight discrepancy started to add up to the tune of 10 extra days. So another calendar was created, this time by Pope Gregory, calling it, wait for it, the Gregorian calendar. It was here that the term leap year was coined, establishing February 29th as the official date to add to a leap year calendar. And it was here, more math coming, that another rule was implemented to keep the Julian calendar issue from happening. The rule, one we still keep today, states that a leap year occurs in every year that is divisible by four, but only in century years that are evenly divided by 400. Let me say that again. The rule... One we keep today states that a leap year occurs in every year that is divisible by four, but only in century years that are evenly divided by 400. So, for example, the year 2000 was a leap year. The year 1900 was not. Without leap days, Jay, we'd lose 24 days in our calendar every 100 years. One of my childhood friends, though, Jay, he, he had a sister born in, like, 1996 on leap day. So she's got
1: to be turning what this year? Seven? Seven? <laughs> this just seems like something we would have figured out a long time ago. Like it's something like this seems like one of those things. Like oh, ancient people did that, but then we somebody came up with a solution to where it all works out evenly. But I guess we're just gonna roll like this forever. You know, it just seems lazy on the surface. Though. How did they ever figure it out back then? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's a bigger conversation that we have out. time for on
0: this. I mean, podcast. that that will hurt your head if you think about it. Is how did it was it was like fifty two. What, B.C.? A.D.? I mean, <laughs> whichever one came first. I mean, it, it, 45 B.C. How I'm starting to Julius think maybe Caesar? history
1: was your weakest subject, not math.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review you commute on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. We're on social. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always say what up at our website, commutethepodcast.com. Music for Commute is provided by my main man, Jason Sammons. For Jason. And I'm Dave Traub. We'll see you next week. I might take this opportunity, since we're talking about Shaq, to publicly apologize. I, I don't know if I'll actually leave this on the podcast or not. To My mom, she bought me a Shaq jersey when he played for the Magic way back when, like 93, 94, 95. Uh, and he got traded to the Lakers by the time I got to, to open the jersey. It was like for Christmas. And I didn't wear it because he wasn't on the team. And I hadn't thought until <laughs> you brought you it up. The, you just left it in your closet? Nothing, nothing. It was just at the house, which now that kind of stuff's cool, <laughs> you know, like a shachter. But just that's really sad. Like, I feel bad about that.
1: So. <laughs> and you you're you, going to get it you dug, you're going to get it back your own son's going to do it to you one day. Well,
0: and you <laughs> dug up that you ripped that scab off. You dug up that memory by bringing up the general.
1: Anyway.
0: <laughs> of, of something you did.